Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Kaylin Patterson. I need the P-Mint Muscle Real Talk in the house, and this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsored foundation in all of the world. And if you, yes, you are a drug-free athlete and looking for a vehicle or something, something to stand on as a foundation, and a vehicle to draw your gaze like what to the right. Like a Mack truck through ice cream. Yeah. And a little yeah. mom pop to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, check us out at peoplepeemuffle.com. And now let's chit-chat with Abata. Hello, Desiree. How you doing? I am fantastic, Mr. Patterson. How about you? How about you? We missed you on Tuesday. understand we had some... Uh, <laughs> Some circumstances that were okay, but it was a great interview. Totally appreciated the Laundry Chapman. So if uh, you folks weren't able to join in with us on Tuesday, you're going to want to check her out. Um, head to uh, Blog Talk Radio, P for P Real Talk, go to the archives, and you're going to find her. Real Talk with INBA, PNBA, current Natural Olympia figure pro, Alondra Chapman. So take a listen. And uh, one thing of, of note in that interview, KP, which I think is going to dovetail into our guest and what we're talking about tonight is, um, you know, Alondra is in California, and she's also a gym owner, um, and she also has a food prep business and a tanning business in addition to being a natural pro competitor. But, uh, oh, and she has a natural competition team, um, but aside from that, her gym is still closed and has been closed since March. Well, that's a perfect segue into what we're dealing with now because I noticed that, you know, whenever I make a post in the, about anything, I get a lot of messages about things that I'm supposed to be doing. But our protocol isn't to the level or standard that uh, the region where the person from the, uh, that is sending the message is from. And I was thinking, you know, if there's a lot of confusion out there, and people are basically holding every state to the same standard when then when we're not on the same standard. So there's a lot of uh, I don't want to say misinformation. People are go giving the information that they know, but it's only for their respective region or state or city. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to get some clarification because we're in three different areas. And I think what a better way to have our show cover all different regions and, and get some of this misinformation, or not, not miscommunication, I guess is the best way to say it, get some of that done. And I know Ralph has uh, covered the spectrum on both sides, and he has to cover the spectrum on both sides because he's dealing with a lot of people that he knows personally as well as politically. So, yep. you know, Ralph, I'm going to let you jump in, and uh, we'll get this show started. Take it away. Kalen? Kaylin, it's great to be with both of you, my friends. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, New York State, I'm up in upstate New York, and New York State, of course, has been about as tough on this COVID COVID restrictions and so forth as any place in the country. Um, So, you know, the gyms here have been closed since March, and it's been a real struggle for them, for gym owners, and, of course, for a lot of athletes. Uh, So, you know, it's it's been quite an ordeal. But the gyms opened in New York or were authorized to be opened as of this Monday. And on wow. Monday okay. uh, and, and Monday night, um, on midnight, 
on, let's see, the 24th was Monday, right? So Sunday night at midnight, it's had a lot of, at least the gyms in my area, had a lot of people at the door because they were all excited to get back into the gym. Um, yep. And that, you know, so that was very exciting. But it's with a lot of restrictions. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want, I can review some of those quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. Why don't yeah. you? And then, First can, off, and then we can kind of share perspectives from our states and how things, you know, there you compare go. and yeah. how. Mm-hmm. Well, they're limited to 33% of their capacity or less, depending on the size of the of their facility. They are uh, there are requirements for air handling filtration, which can be pretty expensive. I know one of the units for a bigger gym is at least $5,000 uh, for the filtration portion of it. The uh, guests and staff all have to wear masks at all times. They uh, have requirement, you know, six-foot distancing requirements as well between stations and even – they even have a regulation that says if you're going to spot somebody, you can't linger, <laughs> which I was like, what? Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, these are just – like the highlights of the regulations, but there's six pages of them in the summary of what they wow. gave to gym owners. And uh, those are kind of the most, uh, most relevant, I think, to us every day. All right. Well, so there's that in New York. Um, like I said, in California, their gyms aren't open yet, and uh, Alondra didn't have a feel for when that might be changing. Kaylin, what are you seeing as far as guidelines uh, for gyms in Illinois. Well, one, I mean, you get, you're basically talking about two different states in Illinois when you talk about Chicago, which is the city, and then the rest of the state because of the, the, the space that we have between areas and regions. Chicago has been hit really hard with the COVID, and it didn't make sense to me until Ralph was on here last time, and he was talking about the recirculating of the air and how it, it's so much easier to to maintain the virus in the region and area because it's basically being recirculated daily. And and that's that's something that a lot of Chicago people don't understand or accept. But for anybody that's outside the box looking in, it, it's a lot easier to digest that kind of information, one, because we're not in it, two, because it makes sense of what's going on when you think about hospitals and why they have to do so much to keep a clean, a cleanly environment. So, you know, Chicago is getting a butt whoop and they just got more restrictions. Uh, anybody that basically works in Chicago and travels to it and back has restrictions placed upon them. And then there's the rest yep. of the state, which is basically dealing with uh, how, you know, basically the, the normal standards of what the pandemic is asking. At a, at a lower phase. So it, it, it's really a lot to see, and for a lot of people, it's a lot to take in. And some people, sadly, aren't accepting, you know, the reality of what it is for what it is. And, you know, it, it, it sucks, but it's almost like there's a, they're becoming their own worst enemy because in fighting to, to do the regulations, they're also maintaining the level of the virus as well. So that's what we're dealing with here. Okay. You know, it's true. Yeah. I, you know, it really gets to me because uh, if I really believe, I mean, after what was it? I think it was like about a month in New York State, uh, 
the level of COVID infections went from the highest in the nation to the lowest. And that tells me something about the effectiveness of these regulations. And when you've got 180,000 deaths in this country, isn't it worth it for everybody to try these, these uh, preventative measures for a couple of months and see if we couldn't then get back to a more normal life? Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, definitely a lot of perspective out there, and that's for sure. Um, I know in mm-hmm. Iowa, our gyms are not as restrictive, I think, as in certain areas, although the mayor of Des Moines has issued a mask mandate, but we don't have a mask mandate for the state. Um, And as from what I've seen in the gyms, masks are optional. They are doing the six-foot distancing, and, of course, they've stepped up the cleaning. I am not sure about the air filtration. I do know that uh, my gym in particular, they're not allowing guests into the gym, so you either have to be a member or become a member if you want to use the facility, but um, we are not, you know, you're not allowed to bring in a guest to try the gym, which I think is um, to a detriment, but as a business perspective, mm-hmm. but you know, I get it, that's their, that's their criteria. Um, and so, but, you know, folks are happy to be able to have the opportunity to utilize the gym. So I think that's a positive. Um, Kaylin, did you have some mm-hmm. extra thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I left out some parts. It, I, I should have been speaking of our gym first and foremost, but for some reason I neglected to do so. Um, we we would be considered a mom-and-pop gym because we're a you know, small business. And one of the things that we've always done, is the, the cleanliness and readiness for the gym because Mike isn't a germaphobe, Mike Newman. He's not a germaphobe by any stretch, but he has wanted to keep the level of quality for each and every member. So cleaning was paramount, and it was one of the standards that we had to apply. Like if somebody uh, wasn't told to clean, we had to go behind and clean behind him. So, you know, a lot of people that work in our gym got uh, into the gym, also have our small business owners, and one of the things they said, you know, is we have this stuff out there. So, I mean, like, we were ahead of the game by, I'd say, almost a year. So I, 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 that's why I kept telling you in the beginning, Des, uh, when this stuff was starting to happen, why they weren't more reaching out more to small business owners because they were already doing a certain kind of niche that was already in place to basically set the standard for what should be an everyday thing. So cleaning behind each other was nothing new. Uh, you know, basically the air filtration was nothing new. Um, all of these things were in place in our gym long ago. I mean, so basically when we, we opened our doors, we hit the ground running because all the standards that they had in place were already implemented long before. So, you know, it's stuff that we had, I guess you could say, took for granted because it was an already everyday thing. So I was really surprised that uh, – our governor didn't reach out to the small business owners and say, you know, how can we fix this and get this addressed a little sooner? But the regulations I really understood because if they don't know what's going on in the beginning, I really got what they were saying because who wants a death attached to their name or, or their, their label of who they are and, 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 and that they're supposed to represent. So I, I understood that part. I just didn't understand, you know, not reaching out more to small business 
to find out if anything mm-hmm. had already been implemented to make these things work and get the you know get the ball rolling a lot sooner because there's a lot of gaps, I guess the best way to say it, in the knowledge that we have because there's plenty of people out there that have the truth of how to deal with this, but they're not being reached out to to basically get it put in place where it can become a statewide mandate. And I, it's 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 sad that it's like that, but I just wanted to put that out. And, you know, I hope that uh, the regulators also learn as we go along. This is uncharted, uncharted territory for everybody dealing with this virus. So I hope that they learn. Uh, I'll give you an example about how this needs to be adjusted as we go. Um, I went back to when our barber shop opened in uh, my area, our, in the state, and the regulations there, one of the regulations was they had to wear a mask all the time. Well, the guy, my barber couldn't trim my beard with a mask on. And he said, and he told me that he said, well, you know, I can cut your hair, sir, but I can't trim the beard. <laughs> why not? He told me why. I said, wow. But a couple of weeks later I went back and he said, well, we kind of got to the health department on that one. And they said, yeah, you can take the mask off when you're trimming the beard. I mean, you know, and the same thing with, um, you, Kay, when you mentioned, some of these things are already pre-existing. I know in the, one of the gyms that I go to regularly in my area, we've had, and yes, New York has cleaning requirements that I didn't mention, but uh, in one of my gyms, they had stations with wipes for for years. Mm-hmm. And there was a yes. culture in our gym where people generally wiped down, cleaned after themselves, which, you know, it was just the way we did it. Not everybody did, but I would say more more people did than not. Um, you know, so yes. I, mean, I think that some of these things can be adapted and just become part of a gym culture and nobody would be harmed. But uh, on the other hand, uh, I also, you know, we talked about this last time I was on. People have to understand that some of these masks, I think, are going to be dangerous in the gym. I still believe yes. that. Yes. Not all of them. I still believe it. But if you wear an N95 and do cardio, you could pass out. So yep. I still believe that, you know. So I, anyway, I, would I, mean, agree. I think there are differences in levels of masks. I mean, some of them are yeah. high power, like you're suggesting, and our medical, our medical people definitely, you know, we need to make sure that they have those. You know, others are mm-hmm. manufactured, others are handcrafted, and they, they all work differently in how they, um, what's the word that I want to use? Um, we well, how much they trap the carbon dioxide. Yeah. <laughs> All a little bit different yeah. in how they trap that and, you know, the different side uh-huh. effects. Like, take, for instance, my youngest, she's headed back to school. They have Those kids have to wear masks all day long. And she has a preference uh-huh. of the kind of masks that she wears because, one, she feels is easier for her to breathe, and the other, she feels, gives her a headache and makes yeah. her dizzy. And it's all about the yeah. level of carbon dioxide I believe as part of that. And, uh, nope, I don't have scientific data to back that up, folks. But, you know, anecdotally, you're wearing masks. You you probably have had the same experience. So, you know, and if that's just an everyday sitting in class type thing, think about if you're exercising. So, I mean, really something to consider. If you have to wear a mask, I would say try a couple different kinds out and see which one is going to be most beneficial to you uh, while you're working out. Although I do agree sense. that I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm a little bit concerned about that, but if you have no other choice, you know, I guess try some stuff out and see what works best for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think some of those simple paper, paper masks, which are like what I wear, uh, that yep. go around the ears are very simple and they're really not very, you know, they don't really get too mm-hmm. hot or anything else. Um, yep. But, yeah, I think you're right. Well, Out here, there were a lot of people wearing those, what do they call them, gaiters that go up from the neck right up over the face, and those have now been deemed in New York to be unacceptable. Really? Or, uh, wow. As a, as a cover, right? Yeah. Interesting. That was in the regulations, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know I, why, I but you. I, like you said, I'm no scientist, so. <laughs> well, I would think it would have to do with the stretching of the, the fabric. To where it's no longer really mm-hmm. affected because you know it, uh, it's basically neoprene, so um, yeah, a thinner version of it. Yeah, so I'd I'd, uh, I'd like to see where that one was coming from. But you know, there's a lot of things going on. Like with three different regions, we we've obviously already heard three different variations of how these things are being implemented. Mm-hmm. What I'm mm-hmm. concerned about is when someone takes their state mandate and basically tries to enforce it on another state's mandate simply because they're more strict than what the other person is saying. Because we were getting, I mean, blasted for not wearing masks, and we weren't having the issues that everybody else was having until, and this goes back to the personal accountability and responsibility, until the people that were traveling to Chicago were trying to do it because they didn't know if they were sick, if they had a cough or something, and they didn't want to get tested because they were too painful. So, you know, it was it was sad that that had to happen. And I, I, I would be mm-hmm. very hurt if we had to get to, you know, door-to-door checks with cars from people coming out of the city to see if they were, you know, being sick or nothing because the traffic delays would be insane. But it's almost getting yeah. to that kind of mindset because people are basically neglecting the, the care and concern for others. So I'm interested to see how this is going to go, especially when we have such stringent things ready to be put in place that have to be, because here's the thing, and I said this when they were talking about the schools reopening, and I said everybody forgets that when you are not in the seat of deciding there's a lot of things you can push to the wayside because it's not your decision but when you're talking about a human life and that human life ending because of a poor decision that's a great responsibility to be put on anyone and it amazes Uh me how people can just basically push that kind of understanding to the side for the sake of getting back to a gym, getting back to work, or getting back to anything. Mm-hmm. Because normal has changed, and I, I think that's the biggest thing that's, that's happening. Normal is not old normal. Normal is now new normal, meaning we have to be better understanding of our, our surroundings, of our people, of our area, of everything. Things that we should have been doing in the past but didn't have to. Now we have to because, like, in the gym, like we were talking, we've had hand wipe stations in our gym 
for well over two years, hand wiping. Mm-hmm. We we started wiping down the machine simply because people were so nasty that they wouldn't wipe it down after sweating <laughs> half a bucket of their life onto that yeah. thing. So we said, you know, right. you got to start right. cleaning it after yourself. This is just nasty. You smell awful. So, you know, <laughs> yep. it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, like these were things that, you know, we would walk around, you know, Newman, myself, and any other trainer that's on the floor and say, hey, clean this up. You know, it's a mess. And so, you know, the, the, the sanitary part of it was already covered. We, we started doing the same thing with the restroom. And then we started doing the same thing with the, with the classrooms, you know, uh, aside mm-hmm. from the mat, always had to be clean after each use in each class. So, you know, there was a lot of things that were already rotating in our gym. And, you know, when the people were coming from, uh, I, I don't need to say another gym thing, but when they were coming from other gyms, they were really amazed yeah. at how the wings had to be taken off the machines after, after someone was finished with it how the place was cleaned up. Right. These things were already in place. And for some reason, I think we went to the, the big box gyms and said, well, what do you think? And they would be the people that would basically give a standard or basically common answer instead of the, the little niche things that the, the, the small business owners were using to get people into their mm-hmm. gyms. And I think those are the people that are the, the creators and the innovators because they had to come up with something different and their own little niche to basically get business to their business. So I, I think we, we're missing the point in some aspects, but we're also grasping the idea that, you know, truly all lives matter by saying we don't yeah. want to lose even one. So I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not as angry as most people are with, with the slow way of transitioning. It is frustrating. Uh, no doubt about that. But when you talk about uh, one life that's being taken from this earth, and I'm, uh, one of my uh, friends at the gym just lost his nephew in, in jail mm-hmm. because, you know, it's in there. And, and yeah, I remember people were saying, don't let him go. Well, him and his uh, cellmate, I guess, well, one has, well, the, the nephew has died. The other one's in critical condition. And they were basically in, uh, in the jail system. And people were scared to go in there because they didn't know if they were going to get sick as well. So they waited too long to deal with it. I don't. This is ongoing, so I don't know what's going to happen. Lawsuits, civil suits. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you know, this this young yeah. boy just passed away yesterday, and his cellmate is in critical condition. As I'm talking to you guys right now. Well, uh, Des, did you have anything else? I did not. Not on that. Well, I have to tell you, you know, I, I serve my regular job. I'm a judge in a criminal court in New York State. And since February, and our court is for the misdemeanors, it's for the lesser crimes, it's not the felonies. And I have been trying to find every way to avoid putting people in jail uh, since February because of this, because of what you just said. Because those jails are, are people are obviously trapped. And once the, the virus, fortunately, in our local jail, the virus hasn't really caused any major damage, but it gets into there, and in some jails, it just wiped, wiped right through. Um, you know, obviously, there are times when I have no choice, but if I can do it, these are the minor crimes again. I'd much rather have people on uh, home restriction or other kinds of things 
um, right now because these are dangerous times. Yeah. But um, that they are. How's the uh, attendance at your gym there, Kayla? Well, we had, like I said, because word get word of mouth is a blessing, and mm-hmm. it's one of the biggest things that was really being you know put forth, not by us but by the the gym members themselves, is the quality control we had, uh, the upkeep, uh, and all that had been done. And one of the things that we, like I said, we'd already been doing was basically having the place clean. So it was an easy transition from, you know, going to mm. regular, you know, cleaning solutions to to the COVID killer, what we call it, because that stuff is, mm-hmm. that, wow, it, it's strong. It's incredibly strong. You do not want to be in the building when that stuff is being sprayed. So I, I think we have uh, mm. a lot of things that are going on in the gym that that mm-hmm. it was an easy thing to do. So when we had attendance, we basically had to monitor it. Uh, so, you know, the door clicker, scanning it. There was a lot of things that mm-hmm. we had to set. Up. I mean, like every business is going to be challenged, and I think that's one of the biggest things that that's going to have to be addressed. And how is the state or, or the federal part going to help implement these changes? Because you're talking significant. I mean, financially significant changes that are going to happen for many businesses. And being small business owners, that's going to be a hit that either makes or breaks them. So they're going to need some kind of assistance to basically move forward into the future because they've got great business. They have a great business foundation and a great business format, but nothing in place for these kind of changes that have to happen now. Like Robert said, this stuff has to happen now. We're living in a very dangerous time, and because we're not as sick as someone else, we don't really grasp the significance of how dangerous a time we're living in. But the reality is still mm-hmm. there, whether we want to accept it for ourselves or not. We can do things to keep ourselves and family family members safe, but the reality is we still have to change. And I, I think that's where some of the, the grants and funding should go, to where we can basically keep these small businesses on open without hitting their pockets so hard that any other little thing is going to shut them down immediately. What do you think of that, Ralph? Well, I give you a lot of credit for in your gym staying open, you know, being able to open and being able to, you know, make this work because I know there's one gym in my town that has been a favorite of mine over the years. And uh, the guy is trying and our local health departments have been given a little bit of discretion for smaller places in terms of filtration systems to try to help them use something that will fit with their current ventilation system. So they've been given some leeway there, but the guy that I know in, in this one gym has put a, put on his website, I'm waiting to hear what they're going to require me to do and I may not be able to open. It's sad. Yep. You know, I, I feel very bad for him. But, uh, you know, it, it, that those are tough. And I agree with you that if we're going to make these changes, the government's got to be ready to help out in some way or other to make it work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I feel like the government is trying, but things have been moving so quickly that it's it's not a perfect system. Even with the current Paycheck Protection Program, um, you know, they, mm-hmm. they made all these promises for loans that there would be debt forgiveness, but yet the guidelines have not been handed down. And so there are businesses that have been awarded these loans, but they're they're having to run out of time because you're supposed to spend the money in a certain amount of time, or they're coming up against it, and they never had any clear guidelines on what they were supposed to do in order to qualify for debt forgiveness. So even though they may have been helped in the short term, since we're far from business as normal, you know, paying back these loans may be such a burden on them that they're going to have to close anyway. So I still think that while the government is trying, it's not – it's not a perfect solution, um, and I don't put blame mm-hmm. one place or another, given our circumstances. But there's still a lot of work to be done, and I just yeah. don't know how they can get there. Because, in my opinion, and this is my opinion only, we can't just keep printing money and giving out money that we, as a nation, don't have. We're going to have to pay yeah. the piper eventually in the form of higher taxes or who knows what. We already know that tax refunds in the future are going to be garnished to account for a lot of the stimulus checks that are already coming out. So the financial repercussions are still yeah. coming for a while. But I do fear mm-hmm. for the health industry in particular because it has not been deemed essential, and I've fiercely believe that health and wellness is essential, especially when you're talking about people's health, um, that these these smaller business they're just not going to make it or nor will they ever reopen. And I just don't know what that's going to look like in the next year. We're already a sick nation and now we've taken away a valuable resource and then are making it extremely difficult for those businesses to reopen. And I understand, I understand, I understand the need for caution and what they're doing, but it just doesn't help the flip side of the equation, which is also very detrimental. So I, I hate to be all doom and gloom here, but we are in, uh, we are in just far as gyms and health and wellness and small business. We are definitely in a catch 22 right now. Yeah, you're right, Desmond. You know, most of the regulations that I told you about, except for the ventilation system, uh, in the New York case, are not expensive. The only I see two issues. One is uh, there are some things that are expensive, especially the ventilation system, and I I think yeah. that's something we're going to have to work on or help with. But the other thing is, are the customers, are the uh, you know the clients, going to be willing to give them a try? You know, give these back. gyms yeah, a try with back. these regulations yeah. and okay, I'll go in and try to work out with a mask on just to see if I, if I can do that comfortably or, you know, work out with the new regulations just to see because I want to stay with my gym. And we have yep. to hope that everybody's willing to give it a shot. Some people won't. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's true, too. No, and that's very true, too. So mm-hmm. just a lot of stuff, guys, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're hopeful. I mean, you know, we hope it's getting on to the – the uh, what are the the governor here kept saying the uh, the other side of the mountain where you know where the cases are declining and things were slowly starting to get better and that's that's what we yep. got to hope for anyway. Yep. But well, in the meantime, we got to stay healthy. The one thing that I I definitely need to talk about is the recovery rate because we've had people 
you know, like Dad was saying, as our health has improved, and we've got people that have taken this really serious health-wise, where, I mean, changing their diet, uh, their sleeping habits, everything to try and mm-hmm. get better and more healthy, you know, to basically do their part, the uh, required part for the, for the area. And one of the things mm-hmm. uh, that because of the improved health, when they're getting the virus, one, they're recovering, two, they're recovering much faster, and three, they're having a full recovery with less bronchial or uh, respiratory issues uh, forthcoming. Yes. So it, it's, yep. we, we need to start bringing that information out because those are the people that I think would be better studied than keep waiting for the people to get sick and then say, well, okay, we're going back to square one. We've been at square one for over uh, three, four months now, and we need to get to phase two as far as uh, documentation of how these people are living uh, recovering mm-hmm. and basically getting back into society because you know every sickness has a, a, a setback, but it doesn't have to keep us there. And I, I, I'm we're still living under the phase one mentality when we're on to phase two and phase three and living. And if we don't yes. start addressing mm-hmm. this part of the problem, then this where this mm-hmm. is where we have a breach of trust and interest because you can't keep living in fear. And it's no. there, yeah. There's people that are, are reacting simply because they're mentally so drained. All they know is fear. And, and like I was talking about the, the fella that pulled the, the handgun out on children because he's worried about you know, mm-hmm. them wearing masks and why they're not wearing masks. You know, and he's uh, ready to put them to death. Uh, and then, you know, we have where people are going after each other, neighbors, because of, of something that was phase one thinking. And like I said, we're on phase two and phase three living, and yet we're still stuck in phase one thinking, that something has to change in that aspect where you don't have this one, this polar divide of how we're going to react to things instead of basically informing truthful information and sharing that even if it doesn't help the narrative of, of society, we still have to understand mm-hmm. the state of life, and we're, we're bypassing that for the fear of what? I mean, because the sickness is here. Let, let, let's, I mean, let's be honest about it. People are sadly going to die, and, and I don't want to, to devalue anyone. But the understanding, if someone makes a choice that they're not going to do something, then the alternative is that they become more at risk for something else. And that's personal choice, and we need to understand that that's what they're doing. I say don't put mm-hmm. children at risk because if there's something we can do to do it, then let's do it. But we can't keep holding on to that phase one regulation of understanding when we've already got success stories in every state. Mm-hmm. Every state has a success mm-hmm. story and a recovery rate where people are, are down less long, and I, I, I said one thing I was worried about is that they were just recovering, apparent, you know, in appearance, but not in reality. But now they they have the documentation that shows they are getting full recovery. So why isn't that information being shared out, and why aren't we hearing about the people that are surviving? Because I have plenty of nurse friends that are, are dealing with the deaths, and let me tell you, it is it is mentally just whipping them down. Uh, they yeah. it, It's something where you can't let a family member in or out 
and basically yep. the last person on earth is, is the nurse or the doctor, and they can't even be too close because the sickness is so great in them that mm-hmm. it's taking their life. So, you know, we need to address all yeah. these things, but sit down in a truthful manner mm-hmm. and do it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, you guys are, you both are talking about very important things here. And the, when we cross the line from being careful to being afraid, people have to remember mm-hmm. still that even with this, the great, great, great majority of people who get COVID-19 survive and recover. Okay. So, you know, it is not an automatic death sentence by any means. It is a serious no, illness. Not. We want to do what we can, yeah. but to be panicky about it is really overboard. Um, you know, so we we don't want to get people to the point of of panic and hiding in their homes. Uh, you know, staying home yeah, for unnecessary cool. things is fine, but you know, there's a there you got to have a balance here. And the gyms, I mean, Des brought it up earlier, and now you have, you know, I really do believe, and I think it would be great if we could get more information on this, that the people who are exercising and who are staying healthy are better equipped to deal with anything, including this. Because we know it's true, you know, we've known for years that people who get sick or get in accidents or whatever, uh, the doctors tell them, well, it's a good thing you were in good shape. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's probably true here too. It would be great to get more information on that. Yes. It would be. It would be. It would be. We've got a question here from Linda, and I really, you know, right now we're so focused on a vaccine. There's not time for information on that. But I would pray that they mm-hmm. do get to those level of studies because it's it's a telling story. You mm-hmm. have to have both of the equation. I feel you just do. Um, okay, here's a question from Linda. Why are big businesses exempt from the virus risk? Um, I, Linda, I think it, it depends on which type of big business are you discussing because it's, it's really the big businesses that are enforcing the most restrictions with consumer interaction. Um, if you're talking about the vaccine businesses, um, it's because they were giving a, 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 a free hall pass years and years and years ago. So they are not liable for any, any ramifications of their products. Um, but if you're listening and you have a little bit of clarification from uh, for us, that would be great. But in the meantime, Ralph and Kaylin, why are big businesses exempt from the virus risk? Well, first off, you've got to remember that every state is different, as Kaylin pointed out. Uh, yep. So, you know, some – Big businesses in one state may have a lesser or more regulation on them than other states. Um, if she's yep. referring to the large employers like the Midwestern meatpacking industries and so forth, they got, you know, where the employees uh, got so sick. Um, I think those were lessons that were hard learned and hopefully are being addressed uh, yes. because you know that that can't be uh, can't be, but. But, uh, you know, those are state-by-state state questions that are hard to answer. And yeah, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I also think that the unions are being very uh, proactive in trying to support safety in the workplace, especially with the large businesses. And I think you can't, you know, and you're seeing that with teacher unions in uh, the schools as well. 
So, you know, there are countervailing forces here. And that's very true. Uh, one of the things that I've uh, been very aware of and, and keeping track of is who is basically concerned for the people and who's concerned for the money. Because it's a telltale sign right now and, and how people are basically uh, addressing the needs of the state. Um, it's, it's very telling when people are in a rush to do anything. That scares me. Because when you think of the ramifications of the bad choice and the bad decision, I, it, there is no way everyone is going to be happy with everything that's decided. I know when uh, some of the members had heard, you know, what was going to be implemented at the gym, they felt like it was already enough of what we were doing. And I said, it's not the gym that has the same that. They have to follow guidelines and restrictions and regulations yep. just like everyone else. Yep. So it's not like we can yep, put sure. our hands up and out and then jump on the floor and say, I don't like the decision. That, that's not how it works. When we went to the bodybuilding show's desk, <laughs> There were regulations and guidelines and restrictions, and you couldn't say, well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to change. I don't like the way you guys have this set up. You're trying to put the onus on the person or the individual who's simply following the guidelines and restrictions that they've been given. So, it, 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 you know, that's what I'm talking about, the living in fear, because it's almost like a childlike mentality and a childlike response with how things are happening. And it, it's it's frightening Especially, like I said, with the with the guy pulling the gun on the kids, I'm thinking, how bad mentally must you be? Where this is something that's an ideal thought, and how long have has he been living under that strain, a mental strain, and mental duress, to where this is a valid option to do to get people to put a mask on? So you know, we have to do something. Something must be done because this nation is crumbling from the inside out. Hmm. You know, well, it's, it's very difficult with kids. Des, you you talked about your your daughter wasn't going to school, yep. and uh, you know my daughter is looking at our. I'm an older guy here. And my daughter is looking at how to deal with her her son, our grandsons, going to school. One of them is only a first grader, and yeah. you know she's scared. She's scared because how are you going to keep masks on first graders? <laughs> you know, I, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. It's no, no, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And I could probably rattle on for a whole hour about my feelings about just the state that our educational system is in now because of just our current situation, because of fear, because of, you know, and some of it too is just a lack of understanding. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to put this out here. This is going to be my little soapbox. I am just going to encourage everyone, when it comes down to laws, rules, and regulations, really understand where they're coming from and who is handing them down. So you have a a more direct course of action, a more fruitful course of action, if you are unhappy with what those those regulations or mandates are. For example, here in Iowa – Both parties, Republican and Democrat, voted way back when this was all rolling down and once the schools were being shut down here, that part of the plan to bring children back to school had to include 
of face-to-face in-classroom options. They made it law. It was a unanimous vote. Okay? Those are your legislators. Those are your state representatives. That's what they decided. But when it came down for schools to present their plan and uh, and go back to school, um, everybody, including some politicians, were in an uproar because an in-class option was required. But nobody wanted to remember that both parties voted for this unanimously, that it had to be required, and everybody wanted to point fingers at the governor. Well, you know what? Whether she's right, wrong, not 100% perfect, but I stand behind our governor, and she was doing what the law mandated her to do. But but what do we have? We have teachers sending her their obituaries and putting cardboard coffins um, outside of her home. To me, that's wow. an uneducated, uneducated, 100% emotional response to a situation that was misunderstood. If they want to send obituaries to somebody and place coffins somewhere, Look up your state representative, look at your senator, look at your legislator, whoever it is that you voted for (laughs) in your party, Uh and know that it's 100% their decision, and write your letters, make your phone calls, direct your concerns and your questions to the appropriate parties. And that's the end of my soapbox. (laughs) That's a good one. It's a good one, Des. So, and that's can I change the subject? Do you mind? You can change it. Change if it. I change the subject it. a little bit. I'd like to know what you both think about uh, when we're going to see uh, uh, bodybuilding uh, competitions and uh, powerlifting meets uh, coming back. We or are how? starting to see some of how them will they come, come back. back? Yeah, we're, we're starting okay. to see it a little bit. Kaylin, why don't you talk about some of the shows that you've been to or that we've been to? Yeah, we've I've I've been to a couple, and I know Des has been to one. Uh, the regulations mm-hmm. were like you you can see it on paper, but for me coming from the military, I always like to see it in action because it, what sounds good isn't always easily implemented like it's, it's like it's put down in paper. And I was very surprised mm-hmm. with the level of regulations and the requirements. And even cleaning people's seats as they got up in case someone else might sit down in them as they're going through the restroom. So there's a lot of things that are happening, especially in, in Chicago. It was uh, I was very happy to see that. Uh, and one of the things that really got me was that anyone from out of the city couldn't sit next to one who was in the city for fear of the virus spreading. And, and, and like there's, there's certain things that I just did not think about until it was actually seen, you know, happening right in front of me. And so, you know, the, the people that know are doing, and they're doing the best that they know. And the ones that have been basically doing their homework and research are reacting a lot sooner. But, you know, just like with the Bible, if you don't read it for yourself, how do you know exactly how to go about doing what you're supposed to be doing? So I, I'm very interested to see if they're willing to take that kind of uh, a format and foundation and make it a mandate for all businesses or if they're just going to keep it uh, basically to the people that know to do better and that's it. Because I think a lot of the restrictions in Chicago don't need to find, you know, filter their way out to the, the, the suburbs because there's just no interaction to, to, to hold that level of standard. That's my opinion. 
I, I'm not going to say that it should happen everywhere because, like I said, there's people that come from the city and they could care less mm-hmm. about who they get sick because they don't think they're going to get sick and they think this is all a hoax. Uh, so, you know, with, with people like that running rapid, you're always going to have risk. Uh, but with the, uh, the shows being the way they are, they're not looking at the inside because those standards are being held regardless of who you are. And I, I was very impressed to see that and, and glad that the testing was being done at the door, not where you, you know, run to the bathroom and then you could go somewhere else. It's being done as soon as you come through the door, the temperature checks and everything else. So all of these things are in place to, to make a show successful. It's basically getting away from the fear that keeps that from happening. And I would I would just add on to that, Ralph, to answer your question. We have, you know, many promoters that their hearts are in it. They want to do it. A lot of the time it comes down to, as you've said, every state is different, so state-by-state state regulations, and then finding a venue that will allow them to hold an event at their location. But, you know, the organizations that we've spoken to, they all have a protocol for safe competing that they have identified and have been working to their promote, with their promoters to an app. And, you know, the athletes who have had the opportunity to compete are very excited about it. I'm sure there are mm-hmm. some that are still very apprehensive, so we're not seeing 100%. I don't even know. We're probably seeing less than 50% right now. But for the ones who have competed, they've been very excited for the opportunity. So it just really varies. Mm-hmm. State by state, some promoters made the decision early on to postpone everything until 2021. So, you know, we're probably not going to see, you know, a great resurgence of competitions in natural bodybuilding this year. But there are still those promoters who have held shows, still plan to hold shows through the end of the year, you know, have their protocol ready to go, and they are working with athletes closely to keep them abreast. You know, there are some shows where – it was like the week before they let everybody know the show was still on because that's how close it got to deadline yeah. based on the venue. So folks are trying, mm-hmm. and some of it's happening, Good. but it's just, it's just little by little. Yeah. Well, I know I'm uh, one, a fellow that I work out with here is competing in the Michigan Roar coming up in a couple of weeks, and I'm going yeah. with him out there. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. But, uh, you know, they, you these competitions still get some, uh, you know, traveling from many different states. So this gets back to what Kayla was mentioning, too. You know, you got it's um, you got to you got to work according to the rules of the state you're going to. Yeah. Um, you know, and be ready if you're going to go from another state to come into one of these things. You got to respect what they have to do. And, yep. uh, you know, we're ready for that. But um and I, I'm looking forward to it because I, uh, especially because my buddy's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, 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 awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, comment here from Dale I want to be able to share. I think this goes back to our conversation right about the time or when I was having my rants. But he says, this is one of the flaws of capitalism. When consumers can't cause demand with no sustainable supply, how does a nation function? And that's a good question, Dale, because I don't know about New York and Illinois, but right now in Iowa, 
several retail stores, if you're going to pay with cash, require exact change because we can't get change <laughs> because of the interruption mm-hmm. in production. And that's just one example of, you know, how things are altered and supply and demand and all that great kind of stuff. And just, you know, can people, can we get people in gyms or can we not? Because right now the, the, the consumers have no power in creating demand. We truly do not. And that's a good point, Dale. Mm-hmm. We do not. Well, this pandemic is, is threatening, you know, it's challenging. Let's put it that way. It's challenging our entire system and our entire way of life. And we have to, you know, we have to be aware of that. We have to be ready and, and deal with it. We also have to, as you mentioned, find ways to let our feelings be known about how, uh, you know, how to deal with this and respect those issues. Yes. You know, because at the end of the day, and per Kalen's point, just acting out is not going to solve anything. In fact, it just makes the, the situation worse. And we do need mm-hmm. to find, you know, productive means of voicing opinions and and getting stuff done. And right now, I just don't think we're there. You know, and all of these regulations in different states are, and, and federal regulations are being put in place under governors or presidents' immediate, uh, emergency powers, okay? Yep. Not generals, you know, the, the laws that are normally passed and regulations that are normally made in the democratic process. So these are being done under emergency powers, which means they're not supposed to last forever. They're supposed to That's last right. while the crisis exists, okay? And then, you know, the, the entire community, at least through its elected, you know, its, its representatives can, you know, can see what should last. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, no. well I'm, I'm glad so. we were able to get this information out there, especially with the different regions and different, uh, different climates and atmospheres. But, you know, the sanity still has to find a part in our day-to-day lives. Because this uh, living under fear is a stress that our minds and bodies aren't used to, and they should never be. So I, I hope we can start looking uh, with a broader spectrum and basically start addressing each other as, as human beings again. Because I think in the process of fear, yeah. uh, human lives lose their value a lot sooner mm-hmm. than a normal mind would allow. So as long as we're addressing each other like people, I, I see some of the comments and, and some of the statements that are made. The insults are coming out before, you know, the first comment is even finished or addressed. So, you know, with everything that's happening, yes, we, we need to have concerns. We need to understand that lives are at risk, and we need to understand that we play a part in, in either someone living or dying. And we need to be more mature and adult about it because what we're doing, thinking, saying, and being is being transferred to the next generation. And I sure don't want them to be ashamed of our day-to-day choices and decisions and realize that there were so many more easier ways of going about day-to-day interactions, even in times of a pandemic. So, guys, I hope you learned a lot. Ralph, thanks so much for the clarity. Uh, Des, you got anything else? Nope, just thanks, Ralph. I know I I learned a lot. It's just good to be able to have discussion. Whether you agree, disagree, you can still have respectful 
you know, conversation and, and at the end of the day, just hopefully have broadened your perspective in some way, shape, or form. So I always appreciate conversations like this and having you here, Ralph, and your excitement for your buddy who's going to compete. Keep that going. <laughs> and, uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you both, uh, Des and Kaylin, because your your program here is, to me, is wonderful. Uh, it's a great way to get these words out and get, you know, get these discussions out, like you said, respectfully and in a way that we can bounce around differences of opinion. And, and that's what makes, still makes our country great. So, yep, exactly. And it, it makes our lives better. So, thank there you, you both very much. Well, thank you. Kalen Patterson, last Hope thought on tonight. Well, I know if uh, your friend had some snickerdoodle in his life, he's definitely going to win and probably win amazingly. <laughs> well, we'll all see how it goes, but I think Michigan Roar and, and these other shows, like you said, that are on, are going to be uh, they're still going to be fun, even if they're not as uh, big as maybe they were last year. There they're you go. Be a lot of fun. Take care, folks. So, um, yep. On behalf of all of our friends out in New York and around the world, the boys at P4P Muscle, Kalen, myself, and all the promoters and athletes that are still making it happen this year, your body is a temple, so let's build it. <laughs>